Hey everyone and welcome to episode 527 of the Aussie Tech Heads. It's the 23rd of March 2017. How you doing? You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads or youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads. Uh, don't forget the TuneIn Radio cross-platform app, download it and search for Aussie Tech Radio and you will find a channel and it's our 24-7 wall-to-wall podcast from Australia and New Zealand. And don't forget the other shows around that we do is the Aussie Max Zone, the Aussie Tech Security, and somewhere in the ether is the Obsidian Loft and Old Fart Geeks. We'll find out what's going on with those tonight, maybe. All right, and let's uh, welcome this week. We've got, first of all, we'll, we'll go to, uh, who's first? We'll go to, oh, we'll, I'll just introduce both of you guys because it's Jace and Luke. How are you guys doing? Hi, good, everybody. Man. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> well, uh, let's. Uh, I'm glad that Luke, you, you've made his way back, Luke. That's good. You didn't uh, fall out of any trees or anything since last week. Not this time. No? No. <laughs> good, good. And, is uh, that a risk he often has? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. Is he, is he a drop bear in disguise or what? <laughs> it's more the pride, like uh, learning how to do all of this sort of stuff before I launch a a podcast and to mm. actually see yourself back um was it crushed my pride <laughs> yes. thanks thanks glenn no worries right. after a we're, while you don't care it doesn't matter yeah. that's <laughs> right we're, we're we're here to please now um all right now what's been going on with jace he's been away for a couple of weeks where have you been jace san francisco or right, what's been going on over there uh, we had a work conference over there, so the boss thought, my boss is in London, so he thought it'd be cool for us to meet up at the uh, headquarters and catch up with some of the other staff on our team and other people get introduced around and uh, also see a bit of California. Yeah, so you were there for about a week, is that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, sweet. And uh, the flights were okay? Not too long? 14 hours too long, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so is that, have you been over there before or is that your first trip? The first trip out of the country, really. I went mm. to New Zealand when I was about eight, but don't remember any of that, so it doesn't really count. Right. Now, what was the highlight of the trip? Meeting Leo Laporte. <laughs> of course, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so Luke, do you know who Leo is? I do not. Leo is, say, the, I don't know, would you call him the, the godfather of podcasting? He's uh, Yeah, wow. he, he was yeah. there when it first started. He was... He's done, uh, he started out as a radio DJ and then got into technology and was on a lot of shows and then he moved into television and he was on Call for Help as his TV show on Tech TV and then uh, they decided to try and shut down, well they're going to try and improve Tech TV and dumb it down for the other audiences who they wanted to try and capture and the whole thing fell through so he went and um, took all of his fans and started his own network called this week in tech or twit.tv and um, he gets sponsorship. So he makes millions from sponsors and um, right, so, right. So on to his third studio. Now he started out in the twit brick house, which was just this little, little brick place that he was renting some space in. And then he moved into a larger one and then the uh, owner decided they want to put in some other uh, group in there. So he moved across to the east side of Petaluma and uh, built a new one over there and yeah it's looking really good it was great to meet him um we talked about aussie tech heads he remembered the name mm -hmm. and um awesome. obsidian loft he thought that was cool and old fart geeks he thought oh he said i'm um, well i'm an old fart so that'd probably suit me really <laughs> yes. well yeah. but uh, yeah the, the obsidian loft he was most interested in so um but he... after the show had finished he got me to uh we got to meet and greet with Leo, so you get to sit uh, behind the desk with him and you put on the twit fez hat mm. and have a chat for five minutes. So the first three guys did that and then I sat down there and he was like, okay, tell me about everything. And I said, oh, the Obsidian Loft. And he's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to show you my personal private server. So hang nice. on, I'll download Minecraft and then configure it, <laughs> install, and then yeah. he showed me around for about 20 minutes. So whereas the other guys got five minutes with Leo, I got 20 minutes to sit there oh, with the king of podcasts. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, nice That work. is awesome. It, it is. They have one of their staff members takes your phone and sits there taking photos with your phone mm. while you're talking to Leo. So you get some really good photos. Yeah, excellent. And uh, That's great. 
Yes, yeah, and so uh, he was obviously very approachable, so that's uh, good to hear because... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, he was great. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, what was, I was going to ask you some more questions about him, but, uh, yeah, so how did you get from... Where were you? You went to San Francisco, and then where he's fairly close by, is he, in Petaluma? Uh, you hop on the uh, Golden Gate Transit bus, and it, tri- it drives for about an hour up to Petaluma, hop off at the Petaluma Transit Mall, Right. and switch over to uh, one of the local Sonoma County buses and it takes you just around the corner from Leo's after about 15 minutes. So mm. I got there bang on three o'clock. I walked in through the door. So they're like, okay, quick sign this waiver that you're going to be possibly um, on lo- on a live camera feed. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care about okay. that. I'm on the internet on yeah, right. live camera feeds all day and night all the time. Yeah. So. I said, don't worry about that. And they're like, write down a few things about yourself. So I write down, wrote down about the podcast because they hand that to Leo at the start of the show when you sit down in the audience. Mm. And then he mentions you at the start of the show where he has tens of thousands of people already live streaming the pre and post yeah, show stuff. Crazy. And he does the two hour show and then he still has the post show where he talks for a while and other stuff. So yeah, yeah great, great experience. The whole thing. I missed yeah. out. Um, and uh, turns out it was our my manager's manager's manager who had put together a go-kart race for all the people who were coming to the conference. But um, they had that on at five o'clock. They moved it back an hour. And so I just stayed back with Leo because his show finished about 5.30. And then I was there for about another um, half an hour or two, three quarters of an hour with all of the Meet Leo stuff. And then mm. caught, I caught an Uber from uh, his office down to the transit mall and 10 minutes later the next bus down to san francisco arrived so i jumped on that yeah that's awesome he's uh look this guy luke i don't know if you can see the on the screen here but he's got a few shows (laughs) he's got a few going on yeah 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 so Um, this is twitch guy correct uh twit Twit. yeah so yeah yeah it started off this week in tech which was like say the, the flagship uh, yeah. show and then yeah right. it, it just branched out and to everything else that you see there yeah. yeah he does about half a dozen shows but he's got other staff that do other shows as well like the android one and this week in law and things like that so mm. right yeah so there's that quite a few would have been awesome yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's a big network so we've been listening to him for what 10 10 or more years yeah. that's great yeah that's right well i suppose he was the first yeah i watched him on the call for help back in uh, 2005 2006 and uh yeah he was i suppose when he worked moved into the podcasting i started listening to it then and i thought you know like yeah although it was very good but it was just all americanized you know like we're talking yeah. about the american telcos and and you know and all this sort of stuff very americanized Comcast, verizon this ATT, that's right that. that's right and so i just thought that's what sort of um uh, yeah, got me motivated to do this was mm. was because you know I wanted something that sounded Australian and talked about Telstra and Optus and all this sort of stuff. Strain, strain, mate. Yeah, strain, mate. Strain. So, Bloody yeah. oaks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> all right. Well done, Jay. Still, like, it sounds like you had a good time. All right. Well, my my week hasn't been anywhere near as exciting as that. <laughs> so <laughs> don't don't, don't uh, go for stories uh, anywhere near there. All right. So look, let's get into some news. Uh, I suppose. I think uh, what would be the biggest story this week? I, I think the biggest story might have just happened today, and I think Jace, you might have picked this one out. It's about Apple being held to ransom, and they're being held to ransom by some hacker group who supposedly has the ability to wipe phones. Um, what can you tell us about that, Jace? Anything more? So they so they uh, said, but Apple has denied hackers have breached its security despite a ransom threat to pay up. Or at least to at least uh, 200 million oh, to pay up, or at least 200 million iCloud accounts will be wiped. The hacking group called itself the Turkish Crime Family. Doesn't that sound cool? Has <laughs> <laughs> provided video evidence of its claims to the tech site Motherboard with a demand to Apple that it pay the ransom or face the consequences. Oh, the hackers dear. have listed the price of ransom as either. $100,000 ransom in Bitcoin or 130000 in iTunes gift cards. Wouldn't Apple today account for inflation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. They really love those games, man. Wouldn't you think? Apple to the, yeah, sorry. Uh, keep going. 
Apple today issued a statement suggesting the hackers could be bluffing by using email addresses that have previously been compromised and leaked on the dark web, such as one billion accounts compromised <laughs> in the recent Yahoo attack. Recent? That's four years ago, dude. <laughs> yes. There have not been any breaches of any Apple systems, including iCloud and Apple ID, Apple Stairs. The alleged list of email addresses and passwords appears to have been obtained from previously compromised third-party services. We're actively monitoring to prevent unauthorized access to user accounts and are working with law enforcement to identify the criminals involved. To protect against these types of attacks, we always recommend that users use strong passwords, not the same passwords across sites, and turn on two-factor authentication. While the demands seem both outlandish and alarming, Motherboard confirms that it has seen screenshots of emails appearing to be communication between the hackers and Apple security team. So there you go. So do you think uh, that, the, the, I don't know, first of all, I'd have to say that I don't think that ransom's enough. I think that's the bit they're getting away with. Apple probably just pay that. Go for a quarter million at least, dude. Come <laughs> oh, on. Come on. At least. Yeah, the, Apple's got $100 billion in the bank. Don't know, go, yeah. for, go for a billion. Yeah, go for a billion. One hundred billion dollars. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so um oh, yeah, so That's I all I've got on me. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you think that they're uh, A maybe setting the ransom to or lowish just to get it? Um Well it makes them sound amateurish, doesn't it? Yeah, with well, the Turkish can... crime family. I mean yeah. <laughs> what's going on there? Or, or, or better known as TCF, I reckon. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a collective or two, and this just, it just looks ridiculous. It just absolutely looks pathetic. It looks like <laughs> one of those Sudanese, North African, you know, please send me forty dollars and I'll uh, add you to my will, sort of emails. Mm. Well, let me. I'm just going to have. I, was, a... I did see a good news article today where this guy was trying to scam somebody via email and said, "Oh, I've flown over to." England and I need uh, I've become a bit stuck I need $1,850 to be able to get back to my country could you please help out as soon as I get back I'll refund you the money and uh, oh. the guy the guy replying to it said hi yes uh, actually I can help you out with that um, as you know or probably don't know I'm a senior <laughs> inspector <laughs> Pete Smith or whatever it was of uh, the Metropolitan Police, and I'm going to send the London Metropolitan Police over to your address, which you've provided in this email, <laughs> with your phone number and name, and they're going to go around there and help you out with your issue. I hope we can resolve it for you. That's yes, right. good stuff. <laughs> That's good awesome. Stuff. Yeah. So, so this, so apparently they what they're going to remotely wipe the iPhones and uh, whatever devices. So. Um, I don't know. Where do you do you reckon that they're playing on, or do you think that if this is true, that this would have come from, say, WikiLeaks leaks? Uh, you know, with CIA toolkit, or um, or yeah, or do we just, or do you guys just think it's just a big hocus pocus? I don't think it's that elaborate. I think they've just got some. You know, when once um, Yahoo had been breached, those the database of those passwords would have been dumped onto, as they call it, the darker web for want of a better name. And people could download it or pay 50 bucks to download it. And then they've got all these email addresses and possible passwords that were from Yahoo, which they can now try on Apple because a lot of people use the same password, mm. one, two, three, on both sides. <laughs> so yeah. they could log into your Apple ID account. But, you know, it's not really that easy because I've tried um, logging into my daughter's Apple ID account when I needed to reset something for her. And it's like, um, please enter the security questions is on by default. And it's like, you know, name your first pet and mm. what country did your parent, what city did your parents meet or something like this. And I'd not put in the real answers for all of them for security reasons, so I couldn't remember myself. So they can try, but um, yeah. Apple has got these security questions on by default, so uh, they probably will have a bit of a problem. Mm. So we'll, we'll mm. see how that one pans out, but uh, you never know. They might have uh, got the uh, CIA toolkit from Julian. Uh, all right. From now. Julian. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Julian, you know, he released. Yes, yes. Hey, my mate, Julian. Yeah, he's yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. We awesome. hang out all the time. That's right. Me, me and Ed and, and Julian. First, first name basis. Yeah. yeah. Me, Ed and Julian walked into a bar. And uh, now, so we'll, we'll go on to, uh, look, we'll finish off on that one. We'll look at this one. Uh, I think we might have touched on this last week, but Microsoft Vista or Windows Vista, 
Uh, the support is finally coming to an end on April 11, 2017. So it's only got <laughs> <laughs> it's got less than a month Nuts to live. Breaks. I know, I can hear it shattering. Uh, now, I don't know any... I haven't seen a Vista machine for quite some time. And you probably no wonder when you hear that it's only holds 0.78% of market share. So it's, yeah, less you than... You didn't one. upgrade from Vista when they had the free upgrade to Windows 10. No, you couldn't. You couldn't from that one? No. I'm sure you could from Windows 7, 8 and Vista. No, not from Vista. Because I've got four copies of Vista sitting in the cupboard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was like the Millennials Windows ME, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> that's right, yes, yes. I, I probably should have tried to uh, sell those Vistas before now. I don't think I'll get much for them. I have to wait 20, <laughs> I have to wait 20 years. Collector's item well, in a few years, man. That's right. Well, I've still got, I've still got a, uh, Norton Ghost and what's the other one I've got there? PC Anywhere. I've still got a PC Anywhere. Works. Next will oh, be wow. telling me you've got Lantastic. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I got rid of Lantastic. I, I think my it no- wasn't that Lantastic. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I think my null modem broke, so I got rid of it. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, so... I uh, found a, I wind, I found a um, DOS 622 still in its uh, shrink wrap and ooh. a Windows 311 and a Windows 95 disk recently all still shrink wrapped, so... Nice. One of my friends years ago had a Windows 1.0 shrink wrapped. She was very proud of that. Wow. Jeez. Would would one would Windows one still load? Yeah. You think? I'd say so. There's no reason shouldn't they've kept the um, X86 instructions backwards compatible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So how Luke? How would you come across these Windows still in the shrink wrap? What is something you bought and just thought, no, nah, this is yeah, crap. yeah, just something something that I had there for oh, since I was a kid. Yeah. Right. Because I used to work. Well, I've worked for multiple computer companies, you know, through school and mm. on and on. Yeah. And you know, they were just worthless at the time. You know, instead of throwing them out, I just thought they would be hilarious because yeah. I used to still. You know, upgrade friends' computers, and you'd always start with DOS, DOS you know, 622 right, before you right. go anywhere else, <laughs> exactly. installing Windows 95 or all the rest. And it was, yeah, it was, I just found them, found yeah. them in storage and thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I've got a DOS 6. Point, um, I've got it on the shelf. I don't know why they're on the shelf, but it's 6. Point, I don't know, 6.3, I think it is. Yeah, but like wow. it's on. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's on floppy, so. You know, I doubt whether. Oh yeah, on what? They're sorry. Floppy. <laughs> yeah, you speaking a foreign language there? <laughs> I, was, I was talking to a girl but, the other day. She had a laptop that was broken. She says, "I'm going to buy another laptop, but you can't get them with CD players anymore." And I went, "Why would no. you? Why would you want one?" <laughs> I said, "I said, what do you got on CD?" She goes, "I don't know." I said, there you go. Why would you want one? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Windows Vista so I've got about a month, less than a month to live. Oh, well, it's still going to work, isn't it? But it's just no updates. And obviously, I don't, from memory, I think IE and even Firefox has stopped being updated on it. Was that XP? I don't know. But anyway, IE for sure. I think that stopped at about version 9. So uh, next on its way for Oblivion is Windows 7, but you can have another couple of years out of that. Uh, updates will continue to 2020. So that's all right. But following on from that one, how's this one? There's no updates for Windows 7 or 8.1 on new hardware. You heard about uh, that one? You heard about that, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, it's taken aback as well. <laughs> Users with computers <laughs> that feature the latest processors from Intel, AMD and Qualcomm so were met or are being met with error messages when using Windows Update to get patches. So messages to the tune of... Unsupported hardware. Your PC uses a processor that isn't supported on this version of Windows and you won't receive updates. Oh, or, my gosh. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And or Windows could not search for new updates. An error occurred while checking for new updates on your computer. Error found. Code. Blur. Windows update encountered an unknown error. Don't you hate those unknown errors? <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're updating someone's machine and uh, it doesn't work and you think, well, and you ask them... Uh, when did you buy this machine? It's a pretty new one. Well, that could be the problem. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Why. Windows 7 still has a fairly, you know, like XP, a, a really serious legacy community that rewrites drivers given time. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But, of those things, you know. But, like I, I, I only went to seven um, begrudgingly uh, because you know XP wasn't supporting any multi-core processors or anything at the time. Yes. Yeah. But, um, it's still my favorite of the window in the Windows ecosystem. So. X, XP is. Also. Oh, for sure. For sure. And yeah. look, I'm not experienced anymore. And now I'm in, mostly in the Mac ecosystem. Like I'm not experienced with, with 10, um, which I had heard saved itself. But, you know, mm. Windows 8, uh, 8.1, all the rest, that's what lost Microsoft yeah. a lot of money in the DreamWorks um, cool. industrial light and magic community when they pulled it all from Apple and, mm. uh, you know, for, for refusing to support them since the uh, mid-2000s on their Mac Pro level. Yeah. So a what, massive injection of hundreds of millions of dollars to basically get Adobe and everything up to scratch for the creative community. And then mm. they dropped Windows 8 and they yes. all went back to <laughs> Apple, you know, like I, mm. I think yeah, Windows, I th- Microsoft has to be so careful on um, who they support and who they don't support because people are very, very, um, uh, my brain's still not working, waiting for the coffee. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're, they're very they're, um, they're, they're careful about upgrading nowadays. Yeah, that's right. Well, people are loyal to a certain uh, system. And I think it's like if you come into, say, you know, into your life or whatever, and your first computer's a Mac, you probably generally stay on that side. If you come in and it's a Windows, you generally stay on that side of the, the aisle. Uh, but yeah, I think what happened the when they brought out Windows 7, that was fairly stable. And I think things worked rather good for it. Bit of an improvement on Vista as well as, well as speed and the way it handled itself. And yep. then, um, yeah, Windows 8, I think that might have been... Was that a Steve Ballmer release? It might have been when he just insisted, or they must have just insisted, that they just wanted this tile look, you know. So they wanted it just touchscreen look. And and stuff people on a desktop, you can have the touchscreen look as well, even though you can't touch the screen most of the time. And, uh, yeah, and, and people complained, because that's right, they took away the start button, and no one knew what the hell was going on. And 8.1 brought the start button back, made it a little bit better. And uh, then 10 arrived, and I think 10 is quite good. Uh, I've, got mm-hmm. no, I've got no dramas with 10. I like 10. And uh, but, it's, but it's, it's just like you watched them chase each other forever. You know, you watched uh, mm. iOS was compatible across everything. So Microsoft it, wanted a bit of the same, and now Jobs is dead, you know. Yeah. Apple's chasing yeah. well, uh, PC, and it's yeah. just this... It's, round and round it goes. And we're it, just waiting for the newest invention before it mm, gets exciting again. But even like the versioning of the Windows, like Microsoft's caught up now with Windows 10. You got OS X or OS X, which is 10. So now we're both Windows and Mac. They're on 10. I don't think they're going to be moving from 10. It's the magic number for some reason. It's but, the um, apocalypse number, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Microsoft has said they're staying with 10. They're just going to do incremental updates from then on, but I'll mm. change the version number. And although I notice I've tried to, you know, you can go to the, you can go to Microsoft and download the ISO of Windows 10 uh, for 32-bit mm. or 64-bit, you know, just in case you want to put it onto another machine that's not on the internet or for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I, and you can download the latest version, so which is really good. And so I, I jumped in the other day and I thought I'll download the latest version, you know, because I've probably had a few versions ago. And if I'm going to install, I don't want to, you know, 600 hours worth of updates. And, uh yeah, it's just like a, now that the size of this ISO now is just like a tickle over uh, 4.7 gigs. So it won't fit onto a normal DVD. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go and buy dual layer <laughs> DVDs. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. So, um, yeah, so I burned it on the dual. You have to go to Blu-ray soon. Well, yes, maybe. You know, <laughs> maybe. Blu-ray's the future. Who Who is ever, <laughs> have you had a Blu-ray thing, Jace, in your PC? Blu-ray? I don't have a Blu-ray anything, never have. No, neither have I. I got a Blu-ray disc. Just right. because I bought a triple pack um, for the movie Inception and it had DVD plus Blu-ray plus digital download all in the cost. So mm. I really wanted it for the digital download, but uh, DVD is cool to take around as well. And Luke, have you got a Blu-ray player or Blu-ray anything? Oh, only a commercial one for watching at home. I d- look, it's funny you say that because I was actually sent a, a screener for a documentary that we're running through a bunch of independent cinemas up here soon and I'm supposed to be making some duplicates of it. And I'm thinking, oh. I don't even know if Apple <laughs> offers a Blu-ray burner they, oh, like, geez, I no, don't know where to no. do this. And I actually don't have any friends who has a have a Blu-ray burner. You might so, have to yeah. get like some sort of uh, external USB Blu-ray 
Device. Oh, I'm sure there is, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. It, it's funny. Like, like the ISO thing, the last time I had to get OSX to reset this thing, make a, a, a flash drive of it, it was what we're pushing six and a half gigabytes for yes. the yeah. install file. And yeah, that's right. It's getting ridiculous. I remember, uh, I don't remember if it was PC format or something like that back in the day, like a long, long time ago. I remember it was an experiment that they actually had on two 1.4 four gig floppy drives this game it was a 3d render game extracted 400 megabytes worth of uh, data from two 1.44 floppies and i mean that those were the days where you just like as i said i started on omega 500 they just crammed everything they could into the most minimal space they possibly could and now it's just uh, we're up to what i've got about 24 gigabytes worth of external hard drives and they're full you know it's yes i know i think how many nobody gives a crap anymore no i know i think i think my storage must be i think i've got six terabytes in the server and uh but you know what do you what do you put in there it's just all rubbish isn't it really (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it's just rubbish 24 terabytes not all those linux isos you get from those uh share sites yeah, that's the that's ones. right. That's <laughs> All right. the copies of Debian. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Debbie or Debian? Yeah. Debian. <laughs> now, um, uh, yeah, that's right. Because remember the yeah back in the day before all this, uh, there was the shareware CDs. You used to be able to buy them for whatever twenty bucks or something, and you know you got a whole CD full of yeah. shareware. But shareware doesn't seem to be around too much these days. Not in its original say format. Uh, or whatever, but uh, yeah, so that's um, yeah, Blu ray. What, why are they dishing, sending around Blu ray discs anyway? Why not just put them on USB? Who knows? But oh, I suppose USB, oh, just put them on there. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Move on to something else. The format war continues. Oh, it does, doesn't it? It's the format wars are everywhere. All right, uh, now, Luke, did you have anything you want to talk about, or are you just happy to chime in? I'm happy to. Chime in okay. when you allow me. <laughs> All right. When you stop muting my microphone. <laughs> I just, I just. When you stop muting my. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now, Jace, uh, what else have you got tonight? LastPass patches credential stealing bugs in browser plugins. The Google security researcher finds three in a row. Popular password manager LastPass. LastPass. <laughs> LastPass has plugged bugs in its browser extensions for Google Chrome and Mozilla Firefox that allow attackers to steal passwords and execute arbitrary code. The vulnerabilities were discovered by Google's Project X security researcher, Tavis Ormandy, who reported them to LastPass. He originally discovered a remote code execution and password stealing flaw in the version 4.1.42 browser extension for Chrome and <laughs> Firefox and reported it to LastPass with a proof-of-concept exploit that comprised two lines of JavaScript. The flaw requires LastPass binary component plugin, which is installed by default for the LastPass browser extensions in Microsoft Internet Explorer and Mozilla Firefox, but not in Google Chrome. LastPass patched that vulnerability, but soon after, Ormandy reported that he had found two further bugs. One that allows password stealing was reported in 2015 and received an incomplete fix. Or well, Mandy mm-hmm. said exploiting that bug was not trivial because of the weird context. A, section, a second extension bug could be exploited to open non-web-safe browser links and allow malicious sites to read user credentials silently. Ooh. The flaws were fixed in less than 24 hours, and Ormandy commended LastPass for being quick to act. The company said there was no indication that the vulnerabilities are being exploited in the wild, so update your LastPass if you haven't already. Yes, well, I guess like they they got to move pretty fast, haven't they? Because if they don't, and it gets uh, you know hacked, well, then that's their business gone out the window. But I, I use LastPass; I find it great, pretty much. I th- yeah, probably, it's brilliant. Yeah, I think it did have a, a little uh, release recently, a new release recently, which I think fixed up a lot of issues I was having. Because sometimes I have a bit of a conflict or a headbutt between the Google Chrome passwords and the LastPass passwords. And um, yep. you know, and all the some fields on your on your screen just get the little LastPass icon in them, and you know it's not supposed to be there. You can't read the text under it and all that. But yeah, look, it's great for remembering passwords. And uh, Luke, do you use something similar to that for passwords, or you got them all up in the, the old brain? Uh, yeah, actually, until recently, it was just all up in the brain. I did not trust. Um, Apple has their keychain. Oh, that's right. Yes, yep. didn't trust 
any of that sort of stuff. So I always had them sort of written down. Um, <laughs> but no, recently, you know, for a few meaningless ones, yeah. I say meaningless, um, you know, like WordPress and mm. bits and pieces like that, I've allowed it to store in the keychain and it has been useful um, yeah. across devices. But again, you know, you're at the mercy of the iCloud. Yeah. You've got to be a grown up and make grown up decisions about <laughs> That's right. The internet, don't you? And yeah, I. Yeah. So look, I guess if a piece of code is accidentally found, mm. <laughs> that can steal yeah. passwords. I mean, like, yeah, well, yeah, I don't think it was an accident, was it? Yeah. No. Well, you you don't have to have your password like say stolen. Well, like from a from LastPass, whatever. Like you can get virus on the machine that keylog you. You know, and it doesn't matter mm. if, they're, if they're written down out of your brain or in LastPass, they can still see what's going on. It's, uh, yeah, I think the um, password remembering feature is now going to be official in Android O. They've announced that you're going to be able to purchase all these different password management software that's going to be officially supported in all the form fields uh, deep in the operating system rather than using hacks and things that LastPass can capture what's on the screen and then try and interpret it it's actually going to be built in as a security feature because mm. i know just uh, as long as people are grown up about it and they just realize i mean like the vault seven said like snowden said years before that you know um if anybody decides to paint a target on your back they have access regardless you know yeah. at base level yeah. so it, it's it's all kind of irrelevant um yeah <laughs> in the well, end well that's right i think um I don't know. I've probably I spread my passwords. I've got one a generic password just for the crap that you sign up to every day. Yeah. And I've got another one. I've got one for the say bank, which is unique just to bank, and I've got one that's unique just for emails. And uh, mm. I can remember pretty much remember all those up here. Oh, there's only three. <laughs> so, um, but when we do the Aussie Tech Security, we got Roger who talks about passwords, and uh, something I never thought of really. Like you think of password as you know just a you know dog one or something you know with an asterisk or something but he uses a, he uses a sentence as his password so he'll go oh, i love going to the beach on sundays and things like mm, that yeah. and uh it's yeah. not the the complexity of weird random characters numbers capitals and lowercase doesn't matter anymore it's the length mm. that makes it harder for the computer to crack you could do the whole thing in lowercase but if it's I went to the beach on Sunday. That's a lot harder to crack than ch1 hash 3xt left bracket, right bracket, yes. exclamation mark. That's really easy for computers to crack now. Mm. Yeah, it's very uh, scary. But something that hasn't been uh, cracked is this guy's hard drive over in the US. He's got this in encrypted drive. And it was seized during the investigation because the, the mm -hmm. coppers thought that he had some child porn on there. So the coppers to come in and said, well, we want you to give us the password to the drive. Let's unencrypt it and let's find out what else you got going on here. And he's refused. And he's refused to pass on the encryption code. And so that's not just the end of it. This guy's still in the can. He's, he's in contempt of court. He won't give him the password. Uh, the, the man's lawyer has argued that his client is protected by the Fifth Amendment over there in the US, which protects US citizens from incriminating themselves. Mm. So, yes, um, I don't know. What what do you think about this? I Would would you say that your hard drive is, say, as private as your home and the cops can come budging into your home So with a warrant? So should this guy have to give up his, uh, his, his uh, encryption code? What do you reckon, Luke? Uh, absolutely not. Look, for the little I know about this case, uh, this has happened again and again just in the last few years where there was a real estate um, exec who was, you know, they suspected her of fraud uh, and they tried to compel her to to give up her, um, uh, her password as well mm. to decrypt the hard drive. And in that case, uh, I think the judge ruled that, you know, they absolutely had no right to ask her to do so. But, you know, um, it is. It's it's like Snowden said. I said last time. Um, you know, to say, oh, excuse me. You know, to say uh, I've if I've got nothing to hide, I've got nothing to fear. Is the same of uh, mm. I don't care about free speech because I've got nothing to say. Um, they actually have a constitutional Fifth Amendment, which is you know your right to remain silent. Um, it, mm. it extends out into other things, uh, but I, yeah. I, I honestly think that. It is important that you are 
not compelled to convict yourself and it's very easy to paint a target onto a, a mm. filthy pedophile you know that's the worst that's the worst thing that you can throw at anybody in this day and age right but mm. but do you um, think do you think it's that- precedent if, if this is if this actually wins uh and if he's held in contempt of court and is nothing's done about this this happens to journalists all the time this mm precedent will be set for journalists who are but, trying to protect sources but then would you, um, which is a moral obligation would you that's one of the things that they've been saying about the um, apple iphone unlocking with your fingerprint you can be compelled to provide your thumbprint and unlock your device but if you have a password on there or passphrase or numbers they're not allowed to by law force mm. you to give up that information but would you then would you say that uh, okay, like protect the the first uh, the Fifth Amendment rights and all this sort of stuff, protect the the all that, but then uh, let the government go its hardest on trying to crack it. Like they've got the drive. Well, I think let, going, I let, I think let um, prosecutors, district attorneys, whoever is is prosecuting in this case, um, go their hardest. I mean, if you don't mm. have the evidence, you don't have the evidence. If they yeah. already have evidence, mm. right? I mean, this is the whole point of the rule of law. If you already have evidence. That this guy has done dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah. Right. Lock him up for that. Um, but yeah, I think in this in this yeah. case it was the prosecutors say that uh, they uh, as a, yeah authorities alleged that they found evidence suggesting that child sex abuse images had been accessed with the devices after they were able to decrypt the Mac Pro. Prosecutors also say that image of the six year old girl focused. Okay, so he had some pretty nasty uh, uh, images on his iPhone six which they seized and they could unlock, which he unlocked, and the external hard drive remains inaccessible. Uh, yeah, because he's obviously, they're going, well, what's up? Well, we want to see what else you got here. And he's just going, The reason no, I'm suspicious not. about this is that, um, I don't know if you've seen that Louis Thiro documentary basically on pedophiles in prison recently. There are no. mechanisms in the US uh, where, even though I think it's a bit of a scary grey area, um, you can indefinitely lock up people who yeah. are a threat to society, right? So if a panel of psychologists already decided this guy yeah. after assessment is all that, then there are mechanisms already in the United States where regardless of appeal, these people never leave and right. into the general community again. I mean, there are so ways to, so many ways to fight this sort of thing. And I think... Mm. To basically paint, like they tried with Julian Assange recently, it was in the news for like two days uh, and it came mm. from Podesta's office in the mm. end um, that he was a pedophile, right? That's his whole uh, Julian Assange is a pedophile site right. that made BuzzFeed and then disappeared after yeah. the site had been registered by a friend of John Podesta, right? Oh, I mean, pedophile is the worst thing yeah. you can basically call out and i think if the precedent was to be set on something as sick as this um mm. because it makes as father and on the you know it just makes your gut churn at the thought of something like that yeah um i think hl menken i actually found this one but hl menken i remember there was a quote bouncing around in my head he said the trouble with fighting for human freedom is that one spends most of one's time defending scoundrels or it is against scoundrels that oppressive laws are first aimed. Yeah, well, and oppression must right. be stopped at the beginning if it's to be stopped at all. And I, I honestly think in that's kind of like the answer. Mm. Yeah, well, um, yeah. Well, I, I think just think, you know, yeah, okay, protect these, these rights there, not to give the password, but go and talk to Julian, get, get the uh, CIA toolkit going and uh, bust it right open and see what else he's got. He's obviously got stuff on there he's obviously got nasty stuff on there otherwise you're not going to spend 18 months in jail are you for nothing if he's got pictures of flowers on it so um yeah he's obviously you know, i mean he's already he's already in trouble man if you've, mm. if you've got a six-year-old what they say a girl's six a six-year-old girl's genitalia and photos of that sort of yes. stuff yeah he's oh he's in, in trouble. trouble that's right so and look I, i'm not an expert on this case but i just understand that i do have um friends who are journalists who are being held in contempt of court in very recent times right. um, okay. because they refuse to reveal sources. And if... I thought they were totally protected against that. Sorry? I thought they were totally protected against uh, re- revealing their sources, not to... not Absolutely revealing. not. No. Right. No, no, no. Look, right. uh, our, our journalist code of ethics and the MEAA absolutely stipulates that you, you never reveal your sources. But when you're mm. dealing with, say, New South Wales... Um, uh, police crime or things like that. Um, yeah. You're constantly compelled by magistrates and judges to 
right. to review your sources constantly. Right. Uh, and it's a it's a it's a journalist code of ethics not to do so. Yeah. Yeah, and, okay. and again, it, it's because, and it's not just because uh, we don't believe just because in this case or that case we should be able to reveal um, uh, a source because we deem it. Revealing any source undermines the entire profession, mm. right? Yeah. For people to want to whistleblow to a journalist. And I think, um, yeah, the whole, this is all about the right to privacy. And yeah. the right to privacy is something that has to be upheld above all things um, mm. in a case like this, it regardless gets... of how disgusting the individual is. <laughs> well, and yeah. people would extend this into murder cases, rape cases, you know. If you don't have the evidence, regardless of how guilty this guy is, OJ Simpson comes to mind, um, <laughs> you know, but if, if you don't have the evidence, you... then go away and come back Come back more. and get it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, all right. So... Yeah, so um, we'll move on from that one because that can get uh, you can get bogged down in that one with all the all the all the <laughs> issues <laughs> to and fro. Uh, Jace, did you have any other stories? Yeah, I've got a story about why Australia Post ransomware its own staff right. but stopped after the pilot. <laughs> when oh. Australia Post employees stopped responding to internal phishing campaigns designed to test staff security awareness, the organisation's infosec team knew they had to shake things up. Eight months ago, when the team sent out one of their bi-monthly phishing drives, more than half of those who fell for the fake email said they weren't at all stressed about the fallout. A further 43% of that same group said they were confident they'd never fall for a fish, but still did, while a growing number of others said they knew they were being fished but decided to click on the dodgy link anyway for the lols. <laughs> and for those who clicked on the link, which took staff to training materials on how to spot phishing, abandoned the training in under 30 seconds. Clearly, staff were becoming desensitised to the tests, which meant Australia Post had to think up new, more engaging ways they could emphasise the risk. The InfoSec team decided to create their own fake ransomware to get the staff's attention and drive home the real tangible risks that can eventuate if staff are not careful about what they click on. The custom-built ransomware application used low-level keyboard hooks to capture the keys the users would press to try and exit the program and lock them into the ransomware screen. Mm, the warning screen itself was designed to be intimidating, coloured in black and red with a skull and crossbones <laughs> and Russian translation. <laughs> it ran for 18 seconds before the taking the users to the training material. What? We figured 18 seconds was a sweet spot. It's enough time for people to realise what's going on, read the message that we presented to them, and then think, oh, oh crap, I'm in trouble now. Oh, my God. What's, go what's going on there? I think... I think one of that couple of those ransomwares have been leaked out into the real world. That's probably that's probably yeah. where they've come from. It's all originated from Australia Post. Now I'm, you know. Yeah, that that. Uh, I think there's going to be a lawsuit and a bunch of post-traumatic stress <laughs> after that. Yeah, well, that's now great. they'll listen, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where, right. <laughs> that's where all my bitcoins were going to Australia Post. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I guess that's a, a bit of a wake-up call. But as you said, you get the people that come along just for the lulls and go, oh, yeah, ransomware. Yeah, well, they sent out <laughs> fake links and then clicked on it and just popped up, hey, you shouldn't have clicked on that. It was a phishing thing and here's the training. And people wouldn't, would still click on it because they're like, yeah, whatever. So this time they clicked on it, popped up this big warning thing that looked, you've been... Uh, you've been that's a, yeah. Please donate so many Bitcoins and then wait 18 seconds. And then it went to the fishing anti-fishing training, so that they would uh, have a bit of a time to have their heart attack first, recover, and then read the training. It should have had like a little Get a defibrillator. Uh, it yeah. should have had a progress bar that went now encrypting the entire Australia Post network. Why not? Why not? Give them, give them all a heart attack. Well, I just had a few of them there. But imagine that if you saw that on your computer, you go, oh, my God, no. Yeah, they um, said they sent it to 900 people, so. Yeah, okay. I'll have to ask my brother if he got that. He works down for Australia Post. <laughs> now, a man has died charging his iPhone. Now, you never ah. get. Yeah, you never guess. They're dangerous, them iPhones. What would you say, Luke? Was that the one in the bath? He was in yeah. his bath. That's right. Oh, my gosh. He, yeah. Yeah. So why would you want to charge your iPhone in the bath? Apparently he... Because you're going to run out of battery while you're sitting there. What do you oh. think? Come on. Well, he apparently... But they said it was waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was only if you downloaded the app. Now, That's right. That waterproof, yeah. <laughs> that waterproof app. Now, uh, yeah, so... Or stick it in the microwave for 10 seconds. 
Yeah, so well, this guy, so he was in the in the bath and he decided to charge his phone, plugged it into a uh, extension lead, and yeah, a bit of water must have uh, come across somewhere. So this was in the UK, I think. Uh, so a coroner ruled his death was accidental and plans to send a report to Apple about taking action to prevent future deaths. I don't really quite understand what Apple's got to do with it. Like, you don't start putting electric leads in bars. Like, come on. Now, he's, oh. yeah, he's uh, such devices typically have a low voltage of 5 volts to 20 volts, so you probably wouldn't feel it. But uh, connecting your mobile phone to a charger plugged into the mains, yeah, certainly uh, pushes the, the risk factor up. Uh, although, the who was this? Someone's, this must have been someone over there, uh, the coroner or something. Although the cable that is plugged into your phone is 5 volt, somewhere along the line, it's plugged into the electricity supply. And you're relying on that cable and transformer to make sure you don't get in contact with the main voltage. So, uh, it's amazing it takes a coroner to explain this stuff. In, yes, in that's why we have the Darwin Awards, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yes. exactly. But like, also is like, what don't they have the the trip switches in their fuse boxes over there? Like, I know. Yeah, it'd have to be very fast though. Yeah, well, I've got them uh, down on my say on my pool filter. You know, and they, I had this when the Sparky came out, he tested it and it, and it flicked like he had this setting, he could turn it right up to about, I don't know, 0. 0.3 of a millisecond or something. And he said, Yeah, yep. if there was something there, if you touched it and you're wet and it shorted, yeah, you'd probably, you'd feel it, but it'd probably hurt a little bit, but it's not going to electrocute you because it just switches yeah. off so damn fast. Um, but though, I don't know, these places over there mustn't have all these security things. But uh, well, I believe in Australia, it wasn't till the 80s. I mean, you could, some of those houses over there are, you know, like up to a thousand years old, right? But mm. uh, it wasn't until the 80s that we actually had it um, uh, mandated that you had to put in those switches. I, yeah, I, was, but, I was 16 when I nearly got killed right. working in a computer shop, actually, right. that was run on three phase because it was three businesses joined together. Yeah. And one of them was a fish and chip shop. Nice. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a bare bare lead over a over a, and it was yeah. I got basically full three phase, but because this was pre nineteen eighty whatever it was, yeah. um, it didn't have the the, the tripper trip. in it, and yeah. I was on there for about twenty two seconds before my Holy boss knocked crap. me off with a cricket bat. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, and um, ungodly sort of say. I would imagine that in the UK, there's some houses yeah. that probably slipped through the cracks. Jeez, you were lucky. That's that's. Horrendous. Twenty-two yeah, seconds. Yeah, when I was about so, four or five, yeah. I got electrocuted, but I got thrown across the room, so I wasn't still holding on to the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Oh, I actually, my hand grabbed around the computer case uh, at yeah, the time, and all I just remember seeing geometric patterns and colours at a million miles an hour. But yeah, wow. dude, I'm oh. tripping. It's yeah, not tripping. Best way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think DMT would have been safer. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've been thrown. Oh, my arm's been knocked, but yeah, I haven't been actually physically thrown. Uh, but they're saying that, yeah, don't use the non-branded charges uh, that you get from eBay in China. That might be one way to help prevent Especially it. Especially if you're going to put them in the water. That's right. You know, that's you, that's you, right. You got, you that's gotta, right. You got to... Um, you ever see that, that photo that was going around with the guys in the uh, above ground pool that sort of came up to their knees and they've got a stereo system on a table in the middle there and a cable that comes out with a power board that's got a thong on either end to keep uh-huh. the thing up above the water and then the cable goes into the electricity. Oh, no. Excellent. No, I haven't seen I've got to see that. Excellent. Um, oh, now, look, uh, Jace, what's your story about Trump is shutting down a kitten website? Oh, yeah, he hates cats, man. That's terrible, isn't it? I I haven't heard this. In an effort to practice her coding, a 17-year-old girl from San Francisco, I know about that place, designed a silly website about kittens. The online world is filled with the brim with content about cats, so it seemed like a harmless and inconsequential exercise, right? Mm. Well, evidently, US President Donald Trump disagrees. Lucy is the young girl behind the website called kittenfeed.com, but despite its modest traffic, it has attracted the ire of her commander-in-chief. That's because the only thing the website offered visitors was the ability to virtually scratch at photos of Mr. Trump's head using the paws of a kitten. The teenager <laughs> built the website in February for a laugh while applying for web developer jobs, she said. It was originally called trumpscratch.com, 
but a few weeks ago she received a cease and desist letter from the Trump Organization, according to Observer, which claims that they've seen the letter. The document informed Lucy that her website infringed on the internationally known and famous Trump trademark. But even the name change to kittenfeed.com has not been sufficient to appease Mr. Trump's lawyers. And Lucy has reportedly been sent a second threatening letter because the site harbored a link that took users to an Amazon page where they could buy an anti-Trump (laughs) T-shirt. Lucy, like many others on social media since the story broke, has been left bewildered by the actions of the Trump organization. I really just want people to be aware that this is the president who's clearly more concerned about what people think of him and doing things of substance, she told Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> well, well, Mark Kidd. She, yeah, well, it was well, oh. change the name to kittenfeed.com. Let's have a look. Let's have a see if I can get this up and have a it's look. probably been taken down by now. <laughs> do you think that's fair dink in that story, or do you reckon that's just fake news? No, I think it's real. He's very, <laughs> Here we go. very well, worried had, about his image. The that, White House com- commented on that, and they, they actually put out a statement saying they don't even know what to believe because... No um, lawyers. Oh, no letter was ever sent from from Trump or any of his businesses over it. So, uh, yeah. gosh knows. Like, Who seriously? Knows? Yeah, but like I had to get DDoS protection from Cloudflare because the site <laughs> yeah. was so popular. <laughs> so what's oh. the, yeah, yeah? So please leave five seconds. It's not working. Anyway, they're going to give you up. A lot of people must want to scratch. <laughs> scratch people want to scratch um, old DT's face. Now, uh, if you get to the page, you scroll right down the bottom and it plays Rick Astley's never going to give you up. So you get Rick rolled as well as being able to scratch his head. Oh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Uh, Google Maps has launches location sharing service that lets you share your location and trip progress. So this has never been a feature before with the Google Maps. It's been on, on there for the Apple uh, Maps. But, uh, yeah, Google's going to roll this out. It's uh, going to roll out around the world pretty soon. And to start, or to start the sharing location, open the Google Maps Oh, no, that site didn't work. Temporary unavailable. I got in there. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was watching the, um, I was scratching Trump's head with the kitty cats. All right, okay. That's downtime or capacity problems. Yeah, there's too many people on it. Oh, ever since we just talked about it now, people have seen it live from our live streaming and have gone directly there. And we got a massive, massive, massive amount of fans. Yeah, watch the show streaming. The thousands of people all went there. They bought down kittenfeed.com. We've got to put that delay in. Sorry, Lucy. (laughs) Uh, You don't think you just try and tell, like, massage the head, make somewhere like two feet. Oh, here it is. There we go. It's on. I'm muted. Here we go. Never gonna give you up. <laughs> okay. Oh, there we go. Hang on. Let me, there's the pause. Scratch him in the head. <laughs> Hang on. I can't. No, no. What happens? Got him. Got him. Yeah, there he goes. Right. Scratch his face. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's like that, that pie Bill Gates game back in the day. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, look. You can, you're actually putting scratches on his face. And you move the letters around too if you get the Trump cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, good stuff. All right, getting back to more serious things is the maps. Finest uh, episode of Aussie Tech Heads yet. Interactive. <laughs> That's right. Interactive. Now, yeah, so so you can share your location with your friends or whatever. You can opt in or out. And you can also share your trips if you want. So I think this has been a feature of a, uh, one, a GPS app called Waze. I think I remember doing it on Yeah, Waze. one of my friends did that when she was going down to Canberra. She shared the trip and then uh, you could watch the I think she was on a bus at the time or I can't remember if they were driving. You could watch it as she goes down there and press the honk your friend button and the app goes beep beep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you can uh, share for an unlimited amount of time or you can share for uh, 15 minutes to three days. Now, it goes on to say, I don't know where this story come from, but it went on to say for parents who want to make sure their kids are on the right train home from school, uh, it, uh, this would be handy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be handy. Uh, and then it, then it goes, although that is assuming the child is willing to have sharing turned on. Well, my response would be, if you're not going to have it turned on, you're not going to get the phone. Yep. That'll, that'll sort them, make them. Like, jeez. Exactly. But anyway, um, yeah, but it's a good idea. So you can see him on the way home and all this sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good idea. Hmm. So, mm. yes. <laughs> all right. Very useful feature. 
It is a very useful feature. Did you have any more, Jace? I think we're uh, coming to the end. Uh, just the one um, S8 cool feature that the iPhone can't match. What if we told you there was a way to carry a desktop computer in your pocket? If you think this sounds like nonsense, you're in for a very big surprise when Samsung unveils its Galaxy S8 as its flagship event next week. A leak has been confirmed that the forthcoming smartphone will connect to a small dock capable of turning the Galaxy S8 into a full-fledged Android-based desktop computer. Mm. Similar to Microsoft's Continuum for Windows Mobile, Samsung's desktop experience will offer feature will offer users the ability to use their S8 as a computer without the need of mirroring. The dock known as the Samsung Dex Station is kept under wraps until trusted leaker Trusted leaker <laughs> makes sense. Sorry, I'll take more on there. Roland Quant shared a picture of the product on Twitter and specs on the German website WinFuture. The product comes shaped like a donut and is opened into the docking port, which allows the Galaxy S8 to enter desktop mode. Mm. Of all the specs, the most impressive is the integration of an active cooling fan designed to keep the S8's temperature down when handling PC workloads. <laughs> this is obviously a much-needed feature given the exploding battery saga that caused the global recall of the Note 7 last year. Other specs include the ability to connect the Galaxy S8 to an external display monitors with resolution up to 4K at 30 frames a second, 100 meg Ethernet and megabits per second Ethernet socket and two USB ports. Oh, Impressively, yeah. the dock also supports adaptive fast charging that works as soon as the smartphone is plugged in. According to the leak, the product is tipped to cost around $200 Australian. Yeah, right. I've got a picture of it here. There it is there. It sounds cool. Leak, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess so. But I suppose that would be handy, wouldn't it, if you could just, you know, put your phone in your pocket and then you can get to wherever you're going and, then uh, yeah, use it as a computer. Yeah, be good. Be good. I'd probably, I'd like to do that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think that uh, pretty much wraps us up. Um, wraps it up. Wraps it up, yeah. So I think I'm just looking now to see if I've got any more stories, but I don't have. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, and, Luke, you don't, you're, you're out? You got no. I'm I'm done. I'm done. No? I'm, I'm I'm can't wait to see the SS8 thing. But yeah, it looks yeah. pretty good. How many exploding looks... S8s we have? Yeah, uh, right. If you forget to purchase the optional cooling system. Mm, mm, that's right. So, how far away from podcasting are you? Do you think, Luke? Are you like a, a month? Or two uh, so we're launching. We're launching uh, that guy dot media on March the thirtieth. Will be the first episode, um, oh. and that's basically just old speak, which is um, you know political chat yeah and then uh on uh, probably a week after that the first sound check one will come up which will be a a uh, well-known musician oh, yeah. check out but nice. yeah that guy media um the the beta website will go live on uh march 30th so we're nearly there all right panic attacks every yeah. 15 minutes and all that <laughs> is it is it video or just audio a video um looking at you know the sort of the best way to like uploading the podcast just the audio only version to itunes probably yeah. lives in but i will talk to you about that off net at some point as well yeah. if you've got a better idea you guys for um the podcast side of things oh yeah for sure i can i know where to put them for free which always works for me anyway yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. right yeah all right well uh keep us posted luke with uh what's going on and uh what's next week the 30th that's next week mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. well, we'll see how you go, and uh, maybe you can uh, let us know Watch how it goes. Watch me falter. Watch <laughs> yeah, me stumble. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you again soon, Luke. Thanks for coming on. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Thanks for making time for us. And you too, Jace. Thanks for coming back from San Francisco and not staying over there. And, yeah, uh, no worries. It was fun to check out where the podcasts originally came from, or netcasts, I think he wanted to say, <laughs> at some stage. Yeah. He didn't like the idea that it sounded like it was an Apple-only thing, but... Um, Hopefully, Will will be able to get his computer to stop rebooting all the time. We can look at a new Obsidian Loft and the old Fart Geeks sometime in the future. Oh, well, give me a hoy when you're doing the old Fart Geeks. And, uh, Alrighty. Might uh, jump in on that one. Uh, Glad to have you on the show. I've got some old stuff I can talk about. <laughs> right. Some old farts? Oh, I've got plenty of those. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, thanks, everyone, for Thank downloading. You. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Send us an email, uh, glenn at aussietechhouse.com.au, or uh, you can find him on Warlock on the Twitter, at Warlock and Luke, or TV, TVA, I think. he's uh, he's All his stuff's coming out next week, so wait. Well, I'll tell you all about that then. All right, cool. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, boys.